another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And joining me, of course, is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt, and you can find the podcast on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. You can find us on Facebook at Horizon Roundtable. You can find us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com. And Matt, we are back once again. It's the, time. The, the, it, 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 we've been hyping this up for so, 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 so long, and it is finally here. We better the deliver. The 2020 Jimmy Lemke. Fan battle royale. I'm, yes. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's I, get... am, I am beyond ready. Let's get I, to I've it. been I have been waiting for this for a long time. Um, so so let's just go ahead and get into this. What we've got is we've got all of our fans. Um, we're st- I, we've got a couple of stragglers. Theoretically, they'll show up eventually. Um, but I'm holding out. I'm holding out hope that they do. Uh, everybody does show up, with the exception of one, and we'll get into that a little later. But what, uh, um, Matt? Do you want to go over a little bit of, you know, briefly go over the, you know, rules as the referee of this, uh, this little shindig here? Yeah. So basically, what we're doing is we're going to try to make this recording sound real good. We've got a lot of people really excited to talk to. A lot of people we haven't had on the show at that, which is pretty cool. Uh, so we've asked everybody to stay muted um, until they're actually talking everyone's going to get um a 30 second introduction um whether that's about themselves their team whatever they feel that's it's up to them um and then we've got some questions about each team and we'll have representative from each team kind of take those and then if there's other discussion we'll go if anybody starts to annoy me uh we'll mute them for a couple minutes so that's at my discretion i'm the ref but otherwise uh really excited to talk to a lot of horizon league fans we've got you know people from almost every team bob will talk about that but Again, really excited for this. We we look forward to this every year. Oh, I definitely do. I'm insane about this, but you already knew that. So, You're all right, insane. there's so a with, difference. Well, yeah, that's true. All right, so with no no with with zero do it all. Let's let's get into this. Um, let's get into our get into our fan introductions. We are doing, and keep in mind, we are doing this from the order of where you fit, where your team finished. In the Horizon League regular season standing, so in this case, we are going to start off with Wright State Mathis. Hello. Um, people know you as a little uh, as, a, as a different name, however, but go ahead and introduce yourself, Mathis. Uh, my name is uh, Matt Samadon. Um, I am the representative of Wright State University. Uh, my nickname is uh, the Banana Man, uh, Wright State. Um, I got it just wearing a banana costume, the uh, president of uh, Rice State, the assistant athletic director know me as Banana Man, and I am one of the leading for our student fan base, and we have a really good student fan base, I say. Nice. Well, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, Mathis. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me here. We will probably continue to call you Banana Man here as well. So, um, moving along, um, longtime listener, oh, representing Green Bay, Kevin. Kevin, welcome to the welcome to the Fan Battle Royale. Thanks for having me, Bob. Uh, my name is Kevin Pileski. Hey, uh, my Twitter is at Kevin Pyt. Um, I've been a season ticket holder for the Green Bay Phoenix for the last seven years. So, pretty much the entire Kiefer Sykes era and Link Thurner era. I uh, grew up in the Green Bay area, so followed the team. When I was a little kid with the early days, and they won a tournament game in 94 in the Nordgear era as well. I'm excited about the season for the Phoenix. A lot of turnover on the roster, uh, but there's a lot of new talent coming in and guys having different roles. So I'm 
uh, excited to be on the show. And we're, we're, we're happy to have you. We're definitely happy to have you. Um, next up is, is UIC. And if this name, if this uh, voice sounds familiar, ladies and gentlemen, it is, uh, it is Olyar Anderson, who was a, it was the lone, is the, one of the participants, previous participant in the Fan Bell Royale from 2018. Olyar, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Glad to be back. I've been a diehard Flames fan for, I don't know, since 82 or something like that, 83, 84. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to this new regime with Coach Yak. So, uh, boy, I'm, I'm just so glad. Thanks for having me. I, I, I suspect you're not alone in that. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm not even a Flames fan. <laughs> well, we're... Sorry, we, we talked, obviously we talked to Coach Yak and uh, uh, you know, we had him on the podcast and he, you know, he, the guy exudes confidence. So we're, we're looking forward to it as well. We're uh, on your, on, uh, we, we, we're excited on your behalf, obviously. Um, all right. So next up is, uh, is Oakland Landon. Hey, what's going on guys? Uh, my name is Landon Melling. I'm going into my third year here at Oakland University. Um, and in addition to being an avid member of the Grizz Gang, I also run cross country and track. So I get to see a little bit more behind the scenes with some of the student athletes than uh, most people actually get to see. Um, I'm a huge basketball fan and huge Oakland fan in general and uh, recently won the Black and Gold Spirit Award at Oakland. So uh, really excited to talk some hoops with you guys today. Nice. Yes. Good. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, and uh, representing uh, Cleveland State, uh, Tim Bundy. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here, actually. Bob, thanks for arranging that. Name's Tim Bundy on Twitter, Duds14. Been a season ticket holder on and off for Cleveland State since the 90s. It was a fun season this year. Was, you didn't know what to expect, so it was a very fun year and looking forward to more in the future. And, uh, yeah, I totally appreciate you, you joining us, coming through for us. So, uh, um, And then, of course, there is Detroit Mercy. Sean, welcome, Sean. Hey guys, uh, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Sean O'Neill. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at uh, U of D underscore Sean. Yes, I still say U of D. Can't stand the mercy in our names, especially since all you guys use that against us. Uh, one day when I win the lottery, I plan on buying out the Sisters of Mercy. I am the 12th family member to graduate from U of D, reaching back to the World War II era. Uh, my love for the Titans was instilled into me the second I was born. Um, by my dad, whose headstone literally says "U of D Titan fan," and just glad to be here, guys. Wow, that that's that runs pretty deep. So definitely, uh, th thanks for coming in. Um, and then, of course, the, uh, representing IUPUI, Aaron. Hello, I'm Aaron Dunn. I am currently a second year at IUPUI. Um, I hope to go on to my third year with the IEPUI Jag Band, and I'm also a second generation here at IEPUI. Nice. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And last but not least, definitely not least, uh, we it, because Fort Wayne ha is now obviously a part of the Horizon League now. Um, Travis, Travis, welcome, sir. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. My name's Travis Olinsky. You can follow me on Twitter at Travis Olinsky, so keep it pretty simple. Um, but we are so excited in Fort Wayne to join the Horizon League. Um, by switching the Horizon League 
uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne will actually decrease the average travel distance to league member schools by over 500 miles. Um, I think I looked it up this morning. A trip to Green Bay is 368 miles. A trip to Western Illinois, which was the closest in the Summit League, was uh, 367, I think. So uh, that's they're excited for that. Uh, as a fan, we can travel to more. Um, and it just means a lot for our university because um, they've been working so hard since the, you know, the, the very first seasons of Division One in the early 2000s. So we're excited to be a part of the Horizon League, and thanks for having me on. And we are very happy to have you on as well. Um, you'll notice we're obviously missing a couple for some reason. Um, we're not sure what happened to we're not sure what happened in Northern we're not sure what happened to Chris Boggs over in Northern Kentucky. Um, may, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know if he got lost in in Germany again. As you know, he was at the Fall Fan Forum and he was at Oktoberfest. But obviously, with the travel restrictions, I'm not sure what's going on with him. Uh, Brandon Neck. Uh, Brandon Eckel, of course, was involved. It was supposed to be representing Milwaukee, and I'm not sure what happened to him. And I'm not sure what happened to Youngstown State either. So uh, I guess we're just going to be going with everybody we have here. So again, thank all of you for 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 joining us. Um, so with that said, now that all the introductions are out of the way, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, I, I guess the we'll. We start. We left. Uh, we finished our introductions with Fort Wayne, so we'll start our questions off with Fort Wayne. Uh, during our interview with John Nolan, he mentioned that Fort Wayne should be positioned to finish in the top half of the contra- conference. You guys agree? You know, I have to say, um, as a Purdue Fort Wayne fan since I don't know 2005 and seeing them grow, I, I do think that is something that's more than reasonable that they can finish in the top half. Looking at some stats. Uh, the Dons return about 73% of their scoring from last year and about 74% of their rebounding. They didn't lose a lot there. One of the big uh, mantras, I guess you would say, for Purdue-Fort Wayne is their three-point shooting. Um, And their three-point shooting last year was uh, almost borderline atrocious, which is not something they're they're usually uh, known for, is not shooting three. So they shot about 31%, I think, as a team last year, if I looked at uh, stats correctly. So Coach Kaufman's done a really good job of recruiting some three-point shooters, a lot of JUCO transfers. And, and while, while I say I think we can finish in the top half, there's a lot of unknowns, and there seems to be more unknowns every day because the recruiting class is a uh, seven-person class this year. Uh, now one of those is a transfer from Loyola. We've got a, a grad transfer from St. Bonaventure coming in. But most of them that are coming in shoot the three ball well. So I think Coach Kaufman is trying to patch um, some some holes that he, he found last year, some guys that we thought would be shooting the three a lot better than they actually did. So I think it's reasonable that they finish in the top half. If you look at the past five years of playing Horizon League schools, back to 15-16, uh, the Dons are 5-4 and four against Horizon League schools. One of the losses was to Valpo. Um, now they haven't played Northern Kentucky or Wright State, which I know are perennially the, the top two teams, I would say, from me following it not so closely as we were not a part of the Horizon League. But uh, five and four, and I think I looked at Ken Palm, and they were about in the middle as well. And they've been in the middle, uh, or like they would be in the middle normally um, based on Horizon League. Ken Palm rate, uh, rating. So I think they can get there for sure. 
Wow, Travis, you brought stats with you. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Look at you guys over there at Fort Wayne. Numbers and all these good stuff. That's good to hear. You, you studied for this test. Yes, yes. Uh, I've a, got a, a couple of the, the other really good Purdue Fort Wayne fans on Twitter. We've been kind of going back and forth for a week, uh, trying to figure out how to how to best uh, bring it to the the fan battle royale here. So, doing my best research as as possible. I got to say, I don't know if you know the rest nice. of our fans have listened uh, to the podcast, but when we talked to John Nolan. I'm most excited to get your coach into the league. It sounds like he's a good time and will fit in nicely with the personalities in the Horizon League. Oh yeah, you know, and speaking to that, like when Oakland was a part of the the Summit League, you know, I was probably in middle or high school when Coach Campy would come to town, and Oakland would always bring at least a bus, maybe two or three buses of fans of students, and we always got a kick out of Coach Campy. Now I follow him on Twitter, and I, I think Coach Kaufman is a guy that everyone in this uh, battle royale should follow on Twitter because. He's always got something good going on. He's got a great sense of humor. I know you'll enjoy him. He uh, he's he doesn't know uh, how to stop talking, which is awesome. He's a you know he always just talks to everyone, and uh, we love love hearing him post game and everything because he's he's so good at, at that as well. So, well, this is this is definitely going to be an experience for us. I'm I I don't know again I don't know about you guys, but I, I am certainly looking forward to this and. Um, maybe it's because of, you know, the last couple of years, um, you know, it's been, you know, it's, it's nice to see that I've kind of been all up on, you know, Fort Wayne. They've, they've have some, they've had some flashes, obviously. Um, so I'm looking forward to see what they have to have to offer the rest of the Horizon League. Um, anybody else have a, uh, have some thoughts on this? Bob, I'll chime in. Um, I was doing a little research. I think they're going to be pretty solid this year. I picked them sixth. So it doesn't really answer the question. It puts them right in the middle in the 11-team league. But they returned four starters, a lot of scoring back. Um, one of their guys that returns, I saw was 6'11". Um, and the the Summit, to be blunt and honest, is a little better league than the Horizon League was last year. So I think they'll be right in the middle. Um, a lot of unknowns around the league and everything, but I think they have a really good chance if they get settled in and learn teams in the league to be around 500. Flames Mania here. Um, I'm, I tend to agree. Uh, I, I like Coach Kaufman's style. Uh, I like Fort Wayne as well. My only thing is if, if they can kind of lose that blue, I think that, that kind of like throws off the color. You got the black and the gold, and then you stick that blue in there. But But I digress. Hey, that's a that's a great point. I think uh, when Purdue, I guess if, if you guys haven't been following what happened over the last 10 years, we were IPFW, so jointly run by Indiana and Purdue. And then athletics decided that was too tricky for people to remember, so they switched it to Fort Wayne. And then Purdue uh, took over campus. IU is not really a factor in the Purdue-Fort Wayne um, University, or University, yeah, Purdue-Fort Wayne. So um, when that happened, Purdue basically made the Don switch their athletics colors and people that have gone to IPFW now PFW uh, weren't a huge fan of having to switch colors. So they tried to keep that blue in there, but I agree uh, the way it was done in my opinion by the university is let's add a little, 
blue to make people happy, but in five years, we're going to just phase it out. I really think that's what's going to happen, but I agree with you. Or we better be careful. They can talk to our friends over at Detroit Mercy about branding issues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, got some, we got a lot of good uh, branding over here at uh, U of D. Yeah, we can tell. We can tell. Detroit, um, Detroit Mercy, you mean? No, 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 no. U of D. I told you, we don't do that Mercy. <laughs> that must Mercy be a, yeah, that must be a that must be an interesting conversation. I think there's like, if I'm not mistaken, on at least one of the message boards, there's like a 500 thread. There's like a 500 page thread on this this whole branding thing over there, isn't there? I I think yeah. we got sucked into. I'm pretty sure we got sucked into that vortex as a podcast one day too, because I think somebody had mentioned. Um, I think it was Kyle Craven who had mentioned in one of his stories. I think he just called him Mercy, and that was just the end of it. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> It's well, my fault. I didn't. I, I'm, I'm so confused about the branding. Well, even among the, the the fan base and the alumni, I mean, there's a great divide. I mean, you got half of us that hate it, and then the other half is just accepting it. And to me, when you have the other teams, you know, that you're 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 facing, you know, use it against you. I mean, that's just stupidity. Like, why even have that? I mean, even from like a recruiting perspective, like. Why, again, why would any recruit, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to a school of mercy in it. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just not a fan of the, the mercy. Um, I, I get it. They, they brought money to the table to help us out in that. But I think from an athletic perspective, that, that mercy needs to go. See what I'm saying, Travis? You guys better be careful with that branding. Oh, I, I hope that it sticks how it is now because uh, – I don't, it's amazing that Coach Kaufman's been able to recruit at such a high level considering the branding. You still see a lot of you know, uh, people across the country referring to him as IPFW, which that's been now, I think, two or three years since, since we switched. But that's what people know him as, um, or Fort Wayne, because when they beat IU in Fort Wayne, I mean, that's, that's where they got a lot of national recognition. And now it's Purdue University, Fort Wayne. Um, and, and Purdue, they are huge on branding, and so they're, they've tried to transfer that down. But changing the branding so much has definitely been an issue, and I hope it just stays how it is for now because um, you have that nationally recognized university, Purdue, and then you have Fort Wayne. So I hope it sticks. Um, I agree. It's, it's A lot of people in town still wish it was IPFW and some still call it IPFW, but it's truly not. All right. Um, so yeah, so that's a yeah. We'll, we'll probably do this a few times ourselves. I know I've done it at least a couple of times, and um, I'm sure that we all will as well. And um, you know, bear with us. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we understand. We, I just think uh, you'll see some of the Fort Wayne sports media, you know, calling some people out nowadays on Twitter because. We actually had I, we actually had one of one of your fellow fans call I think Kyle out because he broke or or call I, I think it was Norse Report who referred to them as IPFW and I, I think you're that, right that, that didn't go well no, no. <laughs> but so um so so uh, moving on um so I want to I want to talk about IUPUI because we have to because that's I'm not even sure what the hell going on over there it looks like byron rim is going to be the head coach next year i, I don't see anything i don't see it being any other way uh, barring some last minute thing that i don't know what's going on um but the question is we oh, well, we already know that grant Weatherford has entered the transfer portal 
Is anybody else joining him? Um, Are we going to see a mass exodus like we did last year with Cleveland State? As far as we're aware, we have no idea if any of the students will be transferring or, like, leaving the team. I guess it just depends on how they feel about their coach and their coach teaching. It's kind of like how the closest thing I can relate to when it comes to getting, like, a new coach is, like, a band director. Because I went through that twice. And some people liked the new band director and his teaching. Some didn't. Even though it's like, oh, do we place well because of his teachings or not? So I know for sure that uh, we, we already know that Marcus Burke is uh, has entered his name in the draft. Um, and I, you know, we... We're not sure how that's going to play out. I mean, it could, you know, theoretically, he's going to come back to school. Did you see? Uh, sorry, this is Matt interrupting you on purpose. Did you see um, one of the big people put out a list from scouts of like where players are kind of ranking? And mm-hmm. Burke was was steadily in the you need to go back to school list. He's he's not going to be getting an NBA look right now, so he will be and, going to school somewhere. I would assume. Yeah, that, and, but I, I, we were talking a little bit offline about uh, Valpo and Javon Freeman Liberty, Liberty Freeman Liber- Freeman Liberty. Um, I don't know, um, who also entered the draft, but then magically pulled his name out of the draft and transferred it to Paul. Um, is that is is that a possible scenario for for Marcus Burke? I mean, I I, I can't see him not. I can't see him staying. I just don't, I, and I can't be alone in that. I think another just kind of good question that kind of go along with that is like what it's like to play games for IUPUI right now. Like what is that environment like? Can you give us a little bit more information about that, Aaron? Like I know you, as a member of the band, you're at these games, you know, what is the environment like at these games for these players? Is that something that you think players want to come back to? Uh, it just depends on who the teams pl- we're playing. Sometimes we'll have like a lot of people from the other team. It can be very negative where you'll hear the other team yelling during like three throw, free throw shots as well as plays and whatnot. And some other teams, there's like not much in the way of people. So it can be a little more positive and especially more positive when we have more players from our side of the team, which most of the time men's wise, there's not much in the way of people there. Um, that's currently in school. It's mainly just alum that's there. Actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the men because I know obviously IUPUI has this weird dynamic where you have the men's team, which is kind of, bringing up the rear in the conference. And then on the other side, you have the women's team who is, was actually up until the, you know, everything got shut down was actually going to be making its first appearance. How is it, you know, how, how are students or fans kind of reacting to that dynamic where you have a team that's so good and then a team that's not very good at all? Um, we don't really talk about it much. We try to be supportive as much as possible to either teams. But when we see a team really doing well, we kind of try pushing them, trying to make encouragements. Hey, you're doing really well. Keep doing well. And even if a team is not doing mad, um, good, um, we still encourage them. Hey, you'll get it next time. Um, don't worry about it. There's always another chance. And yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess that's all you can kind of do. 
So, um, it, and the other thing, yeah, and I, I know we brought up Marcus Burke, but I also saw uh, I think it was earlier this past week where uh, they actually. I guess Elijah Goss had his, I guess had his birthday earlier this week and they mentioned, you know, him going to be back next year. Um, it, it seems likely that he is going to stay put, which is unless, you know, unless Matt, you know, cover your ears, he pulls a Javen Cumberland. I was going to say, I've seen people put out an entire press release saying they're coming back and then uh, take off. So it doesn't mean anything to me. You know, as time passes, though, it you know it seems to me though that as time passes, unless there's some major extinction level event again, I, I just don't see it. I think every I think other than Marcus Burke, who's a big question mark, I think you know I think everybody's going to be back next year. Plus they plus you know Byron Rim has guys coming in, so it just seems like. And you know, jump in anybody if you want to. You know, you, you want to weigh in on this, but it seems like you know IUPUI is next year is just keeping status quo. So. No one's got nothing. I'm moving on from IUPUI. <laughs> moving on from IUPUI. Um. Okay. Yep. I gotta ask this one. It is a Detroit Mercy question, um, or U of D question, as uh, as uh, as as Sean says. Um, is Antoine Davis actually going to get any help next year? Yeah, AD has been playing out of his mind, um, scoring like like fifteen hundred points in just the last two seasons. Uh, obviously, it's no secret he's our only viable option uh, right now. Um, on your show with Jeremy Otto, uh, Jeremy alluded to some of this, but uh, yes, I think we will get some help next season. I think Dwayne Rose Jr. showed some flashes. Flashes of athleticism. Uh, obviously, you have uh, Brandon there. Um, uh, but we need to find a point guard to take some of the pressure off AD. Um, you know, someone that can bring up the ball and, and, and really be the floor general so that he doesn't have to do every friggin' thing. Um, we haven't seen Jamal Pink yet, uh, who was injured last year. So it'll be interesting to see what he can bring to the table. Um, we have some decent recruits coming in, n- nothing to, to really write home about. Um, but again, it's, it, it's the unknowns. Um, so, I mean, Coach Davis has done you know, as best a job as he can, um, you know, with what he has going on there. You know, we got Joey Lydell coming in. Um, you got Frazier, the transfer. But the biggest thing for me is we have no real size. You know, and, and that's that's really been our Achilles' heel, um, especially going against some of these 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 schools in our league that just have bigger horses uh, to go against. So um, it'll be interesting, uh, to say the least. All right, Sean, it's just me and you. There's no one else listening. This is definitely not a podcast or anything, so you don't have to worry about it. Is Mike Davis <laughs> really really going to waste all of Antoine Davis's college career without doing anything? So wait, what do, you, what do you mean by that? I mean, I give you a lot of credit. You are one of the more real Detroit Mercy fans I've ever come across. Do you really think in the next two years that uh, – is Antoine Davis going to get any help? Or are his four-year – three, four years of college, whatever he ends up doing, are they going to get wasted? Honestly, Matt, I, I, you know, my heart says no, but my mind, it, 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 it bears on the side of – it's a possibility. I mean – 
I don't know what what the what is going on down at Six Mile Livernois, um, as far as as why we can't recruit. I mean, if you go back to our Perry Watson days, um, I mean, we we would get these, you know, the kids from the city and and those tough Detroit, you know, based, you know, PSL kids, and it just seems like we're not getting that, um, and that's what we need. So I don't know if we need to get an assistant on our staff that, you know, has that PSL connection so we can get some of these players away from Campy and, and some of these others. Um, but it's, it's tough, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, and, and, and for, for Antoine, I mean, the guy is a stand up, you know, a person. I, I mean, I know you've interacted with him on Twitter. I love him. He's, he's he seems like a really genuine, good dude. Um, along with, uh, his aunt who I've been, um, in, in contact here and there with, so the Davis as a whole, the Davis family as a whole seems pretty, pretty genuine, pretty laid back, pretty good people. Um, so yeah, I, I really want to see the success, um, not just for my personal reasons as a fan, but just for them because I think you know they deserve it. He works really hard. Um, but again, I don't know what what the, the magic bullet is here. You know, um, I mean, obviously we we discussed you know the branding. I mean, is that something that is is holding us back? Um, is Coach Davis? I know you and I even talked about that. Is that something that's, you know, holding us back again with recruiting? Um, I don't know. Um, it's it's going to be interesting, I, and especially with what I know we're going to talk about this later. But you know, the 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 whole impact with this pandemic. I mean, that's a whole other thing. That's you know, it's going to have impact on a little uh, private school um, such as U of D. So. But uh, I'll reserve those comments for later on. The other, uh, I, I want to kind of jump in here, and I want to ask kind of a question that's not on, yeah, kind of a question regarding not just you know, Detroit Mercy, but also uh, because I, I know Matt, you've mentioned this multiple times about about the Metro series and all that good stuff, but. My question is to everybody because every single one of us uh, is hoping for a is is we're we're talking about you know that would be example I would think of a rivalry, but it doesn't seem like you know obviously the 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 schedule the records don't bear out. But no, as far not. we need to get a, <laughs> it, it, it's so lopsided and and well and that's what I'm saying. I, but, I, I, is it is it beneficial for and you're absolutely right but you know for for the rest of the conference where you see like for example now that Fort Wayne is coming in are the, is there going to be a is there going to be kind of a rivalry between them and IUPUI sounds like there's some history there as as John Nolan had mentioned with the whole thing the whole flap with uh, Jason Gardner which I thought was a thing I didn't know but do uh, and I know that you know Northern Kentucky has been trying to kind of get in with you know get into this rivalry with with Wright State for a couple of years and, and naturally still they're the top two teams in the conference. Do does building rivalries within the conference? And I know I've talked about this so many times. Is building rivalry in those interconference rivalries? Is that something that that we should be looking at? Is that something you know? Is that something that we really need to need to push as as a fan as, as fan bases pitting one against the other i know it sounds really like really crappy language but still um 
you know, are 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 we at that? Do are 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 there places within the conference where that is at that point, or is it just you know, or am I just wishfully think? Have I just been wishfully thinking for all these years? I think it's a. I think it's a flames mania here. I think it's a good thing to have uh, those rivalries. I remember back in the day when uh, UIC and Milwaukee had pretty good ones. Both teams were good, and uh, uh, both teams were vying for uh, the trip to the dance. Uh, I think those things are, are pretty good because when um, when Oakland came aboard, I was actually looking forward to uh, the battles they would have with Detroit. They got this Metro series, and as a, a Flames fan, I mean, I was looking forward to those two teams getting together. So I think it's pretty good to have uh, the 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 interconference rivalries if the both teams are good, and you know, I guess with because uh, you have we seem like we have teams that are already built for them, Cleveland State. YSU, uh, Milwaukee, Green Bay. When we had Valpo in, it was UIC Valpo, but again, UIC Milwaukee had pretty tough rivalries. So I think it's it, it's a pretty good thing to have those interconference uh, within the conference rivalries, and I hope we can get back to them. Um, going to speaking of Purdue Fort Wayne, I, I definitely think when IUPUI was in the Summit League, there was a big rivalry between the two schools. Because they were both run jointly by IU and Purdue. And, you know, I, Indianapolis and Fort Wayne have always been kind of like Fort Wayne's kind of like the little brother. It's the second largest city in Indiana. It, people in Indianapolis and the media in Indianapolis doesn't really think much of Fort Wayne. So I think there's always that little bit of a, a rivalry um, but between those two. And, and thinking back to when Oakland was in the Summit League, I just felt like Oakland and, and Purdue Fort Wayne had a pretty good rivalry as well. Like back when they had Keith Benson, uh, the Dons were pretty solid then too, but Oakland was the class of the Summit League at that time with Keith Benson and a couple of their really good guards. Right. Um, Hamilton, and so, Jonathan Jones, do you want me to keep going? I could, I could give you nightmares. Yes, Jonathan. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yes, but I remember they were, they were excellent. And those are always really close, really competitive games. Uh, in Fort Wayne or at the arena. So I think having those rivalries really like amps up the level of competition. We saw it in the Summit League between the Dakota schools. They hate each other. I mean, they're and they're big state schools with football. So uh, that definitely improves the quality of competition, in my opinion. I'm going to chime in on the uh, Green Bay-Milwaukee rivalry. I mean, it's obviously a natural rivalry to public schools in state. Uh, being a Green Bay fan, that's one of the few games that you don't have to drive six hours to go see. So I've been on the Panther Arena several times for that game. Um, during the Pearl and Rob Jeter areas, Milwaukee had really good teams. Green Bay has been very consistent for the last 20 years. So that, that rivalry was really heated then. Milwaukee has really been hit or miss lately. So, uh, But there's still games that draw a lot of fans, draw a lot of attention. Um, with the way the league was with 10 schools, you always played those teams um, the only game of the week, which made it a, a big game. Now with 11 te teams, I'm not really sure how the traveling is going to work or games like that might get stuck on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, but it was always nice having a Friday night or Saturday night type game with your rival. So I'm glad you brought up Milwaukee because that's going to be my next question. Um, obviously, we don't have a Milwaukee fan right now. So, so Brandon, wherever you are, come on, man. You're killing me here. Um, <laughs> but... I, so he's I, I'm, about I'm the sure. end of the year, just like their team does. 
I'm glad you brought that up because it seems to be a habit with the, in the Pat Bowen era where they basically fizzle out at the end of the regular season like they're going for a lottery pick. I mean, how do they avoid that next year? Or do we want them to avoid that next year? I don't know. They can just be consistently bad next year. That works for me. I agree. Just let them lose every game. I'm good with it. Well, if they're not changing, doing anything, changing their coaching style to address that, what do you think is going to happen this coming year? Um, they're going to hold on. The Pat Baldwin Jr. joins up. I don't know. Exactly. That, that's that's my thought process. Totally. I think they're trying to hang in there to see if the if Junior makes his decision and what decision he makes. If he doesn't choose Milwaukee, then Dad is pretty much gone. Yeah, I mean, we're we're at a point where you know this is going to be what year three of you know year three of Pat Baldwin's four year deal coming up, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and obviously, it seems very it, it's very clear that Milwaukee is going to do absolutely nothing to change their current course. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, it seems like that's the only play for them at this point in time. But it, it's it's crazy because they have. It's not like Milwaukee has a bad team. I mean, they've got you know, they've got a guy like T. John Lucas who is an outstanding player, but you know you get and, and and again at the first in the first half of every season in the last two years, Milwaukee has been okay. They've been in the mix with everybody else, and then somewhere between the ninth and tenth game of that season, it, it just all just come the rails just keep coming off, and you know it's. You know, I, I'm sure. I'm sure we. You know, for those of us who are looking above them, like Cleveland State this, did this year, I'm really happy about that. It's you know, we're, we're not terribly sad, but in terms of the performance of the conference in general, it seems like they're kind of weighing us down still. Well, they're also weighing us down. <laughs> they're obviously not the only ones. <laughs> no. Um, speaking of Cleveland State. Speaking of Cleveland State, now that Dennis Gates has had time to recruit, what kind of jump does Cleveland State make in the standings? I don't think a significant one. Maybe to fourth or fifth in the standings. I mean, it's a great top recruiting class in the Horizon League. Very pleased with that. But just like when Rowley took over the program in the mid to late 90s, just like when... Gary Waters took it over from Garland. It was rock bottom. The only way it could go is up. They did better than expected the first year, but it's a lot easier to go from 10 to 7 than it is to go to 7 to 4. So based on that, I see it going up a couple spots, but nothing too significant. I... I would tend to agree. I don't think. I think next year. I, I think next year they're at least five hundred. Uh, five. They're above five hundred next year. Um, I do think that they're still. I'd say probably, about five hundred. I think. Yeah. I. I would say they're probably. You know, and and you know, as far as the Horizon League is concerned, that that may actually get them into the top half of the conference. Um, I think in terms of long term, I think they're probably still a year away. Um. And and you brought it. You you brought up Rolly. You brought up you brought up Gary Waters. And both of those, you know, especially in the Gary Waters era, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that was a that was an interesting situation where 
this was obviously this last season for Cleveland State was unprecedented. You fired your coach in the middle of July and you didn't expect them to do anything. And then here comes Dennis Gates and basically throw, puts a puts a team together on the fly and totally outperforms every totally outperforms all expectations. Um, again, my yeah, primary con- my primary concern at this point in time is that he ends up being you know becoming the heir apparent to Leonard Hamilton when he retires. So um, I'm. Uh, as much as I'm not looking forward to that, <laughs> I'll, I'll enjoy him while he's here. Um, as far as the, but as far as kind of the, the dynamic, this is obviously. Well, that's all you could do with anyone anymore because how many players go go to a portal to go to a better school nowadays? So all you could do is enjoy them while they're here. That is true. That is true, and no no school has known that more than Cleveland State. Uh so um, I actually think, uh, excuse me, I, I actually think yeah. Cleveland State will uh, uh, will be a little better. I mean, if, all you can ask for, I think, at this point from from any of our teams, once the, the recruiting season ends, is is steady improvement. And I think Coach Gates is going to get that. I mean, he has the best recruiting class in the league, uh, according to certain uh, experts or whatever. Uh, I think. If he just continues to to move forward, uh, he's got a, a a three-star big man coming in. Uh, again, the following season will be when they really take off. Uh, just like UIC, uh, you'll get to that next. But uh, he has a good recruiting class. He has good teaching mechanics. Uh, once they get settled and get used to his style and, and the players get used to each other, I think the following year, in a couple of years, I think they'll be right where they need to be. And they'll be... From me, from my perspective, I think they'll be the team to look at it, along with uh, NKU and Wright State. Not to mention, they do have both Kentucky and Duke on their schedule this upcoming season. They do indeed. That's going to be interesting. Um, I want to pick you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I want to piggyback off of that because you know, as as you see Cleveland State improve, as you see Youngstown State improve, as you see some of the other schools, as you see, undoubtedly, you're going to probably see something out of UIC, maybe not next year, but the year after. In terms of the the league in general, and this will be the last one, and then we'll close out this particular episode. In terms of the league in general, how important is it that that we get to a point? Where we don't have so many, I, I don't. I, we don't have so many anchors. We don't have teams that are like in the three, the the three hundreds in the RPI or the net or whatever the hell we're calling it. You know what? What? What is? What has to change? What has to change within the league where this where this isn't the case anymore? What has to change is winning the game in the NCAA tournament. How, but at the same time, how is that? How is that possible when your you your your net as a conference is so low that the best you can do is maybe a fourteen or fifteen seed in the tournament? I mean, how does that? Yeah, the hope. I, it's fair or not. The only way to do it is hope you land those two lucky punches on that day in May in March. Yeah, you just got you just got to win. I mean, I know it's. Obviously, yeah, that's it. You just have to win. You have to win a a decent amount of non-conference games. And I know, you know, we, 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 our teams load up their schedules with basically 
buy games and you figure you, you're not going to win those just going to collect the check. But if our teams, we usually play what, 12 to 13 non-con games. I mean, if you can come back with uh, an eight and five, nine and four non-conference record, I mean, you've beaten some pretty decent teams. Uh, the key is just winning games. If, if, if our teams can just stay the course and win some non-conference games, you know, you're going to knock each other around in conference. But get these non-conference games, get some of them that uh, even though you may be going to collect a check, at least try to win some of these games so uh, we can at least rise in the standings of, uh, of conferences and put ourselves in a better position. Uh, we're not going to be a multi-bid league of three, but at least put ourselves in a position to at least try to get two teams into the dance. To, to reach the horizon, right? There you go. <laughs> Peace of the horizon. Um, well, to your to your point earlier, the uh, you know with the buy games, obviously there are. I'm sure there are stipulations. I know there are Cleveland State where you have to have X amount of buy games, and I understand that. And that's that. You know that's kind of the nature of mid major basketball as we know it to this point. However, I, I look at this past season where our teams were underperforming against fellow mid-majors and I, I think to your point the you know winning that the fact that the, the that our teams weren't winning the games against fellow mid-majors I thought brought up a pretty pretty glaring red flag on a couple of programs and um I, I guess we can only hope that <laughs> that we'll do better this year I mean I declared last year that we were going to be better this year but Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I declare that every year, man. I declare that this is just like this year. I think the league with the recruits that we're getting in, I think the league is, is marginally better. But I say that every year because I'm an eternal optimist when it comes to this league. Um, and, and my question to you guys, I don't know. I know you're going to wrap this segment up. Sure. Is why, what is the difference within this conference over the past few years than it was when we were a top 10 ranked league. And we're still, for the most part, getting the same type of recruits, maybe, you know, high two, three-star recruits. We were getting those back then. Every blue moon, we would you'd throw in a, a four-star recruit, but that's rare. So we were still getting the same type of recruits. My thing is, it, it comes down to coaching. A lot of the ADs and presidents are not really, in my opinion, vetting these coaches good, uh, vetting these coaches enough to get good coaches. We're still getting the same type of recruits, if you follow me. It's the coaching, to me, that makes the difference. Well, I'm going to chime in because this is something like we can probably get into later. Um, I'm going to say that the difference is the culture of college sports. Because if you think about those teams when, when this league was better, you had those juniors and seniors that were, were leading those teams. And those are harder to come by because the tr of the transfer portal. And I've talked to some coaches that have basically said, they're almost not interested in starting to recruit some of these kids out of high school so hard because they can't win. If these kids become really, really good, they transfer. If the if they try to sit the kids so they can make them better, they transfer. So they're starting to look more and more at the transfer portal for kids that have already played college basketball and are looking for the right opportunity now because it's getting harder to recruit kids out of high school that want to stay and play. That's sad. All I got to say is fuck the portal. That That's <laughs> Jesus. Well, there you go. Well, and what was that? <laughs> 
with that, we're gonna close out. We're gonna close out uh, this first episode of the 2020 Jimmy Flimke Fan Battle Royale, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us for not just this part, but obviously the second part that's forthcoming. As always, you can find episodes of the Horizon Roundtable on our website at horizonroundtable.com. And you can find us wherever podcasts are available, as well as on your Amazon and Google devices. So tune in next week for part two of our 2020 Jimmy Lemke Fan Battle Royale. But of course, as always, thank you all for listening.